Good morning. Welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb, and I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. And I'm happy that you've joined our program for today. Today we are continuing our study of underdogs of the Bible. Last week we took a little break, and I, I did something a little bit different last week, and and talked about some of my greatest influences in life, family, friends, and and I think it turned out to be a, a, at least a fairly good lesson. And I thank you for tuning in uh, if you did. Uh, but certainly, um, we do want to get back to our study, and we we understand the the importance of great influences and how we are to to move forward as great influences. Well, some of our influences come from the scriptures, and I think this is a good example uh, of that as we we go into this study of underdogs of the Bible. Today we're talking about Jacob. We're going to talk about a man by the name of Jacob. Uh, You are probably familiar with Jacob of the Old Testament, and so uh, I've chosen him, and and we're going to, to look a little bit at his life. Uh, I have a certain point that I want to get to in today's lesson. I don't necessarily intend to to finish it, but if we can get to a certain point, I will be very pleased with that, and uh, and and maybe we could be halfway and and work on the rest of the lesson uh, next week, Lord willing. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll at least try to get somewhat into his life and, and see what we can learn about him and learn why I've included him on this list of underdogs of the Bible. But before we get into our lesson, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings that you've given to us. and We thank you for this day. We thank you for our time together, for the ability that we have been given to study your word together. And we pray that you would continue to be with us, that you would continue to bless us in our understanding. Uh, your word and help us to to grow in that understanding and help us to be able to uh, to use that to uh, improve our lives and improve our service toward you we pray father that you would strengthen our faith strengthen us spiritually as we go into our everyday walks of life as we go into our jobs or schools or wherever we are we pray father that you would strengthen us in your service and we pray that you would continue to uh, bless us as as we go forward throughout this day throughout the remaining days of this week and uh, again help us to to grow and to shine your light in this world we are thankful for your son for his sacrifice for our sins and for all that jesus means to us it is through him that we humbly pray amen all right Now, as we get into our lesson for today, I want us to begin in Genesis chapter 25, Genesis 25, and we're going to uh, look at some verses here, beginning with verse 22 is where we begin reading of Jacob and also his brother Esau. Even before they were born, there was a great struggle between the two of them. And so we see that evidenced here, and we see how their mother, Rebecca, deals with that struggle. She 
she comes to God with her problem or with what she perceives possibly to be a problem. Uh, there were some things that she wanted to know from him. And so uh, she, she comes to God. In verse 22 of Genesis chapter 25, we read this. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, this is how he answered, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. That's going to be very important to our study. Uh, we'll look at that in a moment. Let's finish out the, the next few verses here. Verse 24 of Genesis 25. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. Now I want to go back and pick up with something here, something that is of importance to our understanding the context of what we are reading. Remember that the Lord says to Rebecca, two nations are in your womb. And as we go forward, we, uh, if, if if you've been raised in the church, if you've spent a, a great deal of time in the scripture, and especially in the Old Testament, you will remember that that Jacob and Esau did indeed form two very different nations. We, we began by looking at, at Jacob, who was later named Israel. That's going to be significant to our study of him. But, but we also have the nation of Edom. Israel served God, and we'll see that as we go forward in this lesson. But Edom did not. Edom did not submit themselves to God. And so we see a great deal of conflict between those two nations, not just from the time of Jacob and Esau, but even going forward into the very far future, we see Edom is still at odds with Israel. As a matter of fact, we read in Amos chapter 1 and verse 11. Amos chapter 1 and verse 11. We refer to Amos as one of the minor prophets, and this is from the book in which he wrote. Amos 1 verse 11, Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Edom and for four, I will not turn away its punishment. Why? Because he pursued his brother with the sword and cast off all pity. His anger tore perpetually and he kept his wrath forever. 
I don't think this is talking about Esau and Jacob. This is talking about the peoples that came from them. And yet they were brothers. You know, even the descendants of, of two brothers, they, they are a family. They are related. Well, Edom and Israel are still related in a sense. And yet Edom was going to be punished because he pursued his brother with the sword. So we see nations that become enemies, two great nations, two peoples that were separated from Rebekah's body. And they struggled within her womb. How interesting that they struggled in their existence in the far future. So I wanted to bring that that to our attention. But beyond the, the fact that this is two nations that we are looking at, I also want us to, to recognize the name that Jacob is given. Going back to verse 26, in the latter part it says, So his name was called Jacob. Jacob also means supplanter or deceitful. And that, that's what is referenced in the New King James Version that I'm using. Uh, literally, one who takes the heel. That was very important. That, that Jacob reached out and took the heel of Esau as they were, were born into this world. That one who takes the heel... Uh, it's something that has great meaning in, in regard to their future. And, and so let's keep that in mind as we go forward. But we pick up reading in verse 29, Genesis chapter 25 and verses 29 through 34. And, and we read of a birthright. We're going to read of, of a transaction that is made between Esau and Jacob over a birthright. In verse 29, now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Uh, I did a little research on the birthright, and one of the things that, that I found was that the birthright has to do with both position and inheritance. By birthright, the firstborn son inherited the leadership of the family and the ju judicial authority of his father. And it's always kind of puzzled me in some ways. 
how this birthright worked and 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 how it really what what it it meant going forward. I want you to notice the last line in verse thirty four. Thus Esau despised his birthright. I, I think that's talking more so about how Esau felt about his birthright before this transaction was made, not necessarily after. Um, but as we look at the, the birthright, Esau despised it so much, uh, he belittled it so much, a great blessing from God that he failed to appreciate he despised it to the point that he was willing to transact it for just a morsel of food. As a matter of fact, it says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 16 that Esau was profane because he sold his birthright for one morsel of food. You see that Esau did not properly regard the blessing that was given to him by God. It's important that we recognize the things that God blesses us with going forward, the things that God uh, gives to us. And this birthright was a great blessing to Esau. It was a great blessing to anyone who is the firstborn. It's something that is very special. It's something that is, is very particular to that individual. Well, Esau didn't appreciate this birthright. And he is seen in the eyes of God as profane. He is referred to as profane in the New Testament because he sold his birthright for just one morsel of food. It's a good lesson. It's a, a good reminder for us to properly regard the blessings that are given to us by God. That there are things that, that are given to us as blessings, and especially to us as Christians. There are spiritual blessings that we often talk about that, that should be very important to us. And we need to, to properly regard the blessings that God gives his people. And Esau failed to do that. So this birthright was gained by Jacob, not by birth. I want you to, to recognize that. It was not gained by Jacob by birth, but by deception. Remember his name. Now, I don't know necessarily that he was named uh, because of that or, or if the meaning was given to his name based on his life. Probably, maybe more so the latter. But I do want you to recognize that Jacob was given this name and his name came to mean deceiver, supplanter. That's who he was. Or at least that, that's what he did. And so that, that connotation is given to the name of Jacob. Now, not only did Jacob deceive his brother, but we find this as, as sort of a theme in his life going forward. You ever notice that? It, it is kind of a theme 
in Jacob's life that he is a deceiver. He deceived Esau, but he also deceived someone else. Remember that he also deceived his father, Isaac. Let's skip over a little bit in our our scriptures to chapter 27. And, And let's look at Genesis chapter 27 And we'll begin reading at verse 9. Genesis chapter 27 and verse 9. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats. And I will make savory food from them for your father, such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father, that he may eat it and that he may bless you before his death. Now, Jacob is not some sweet and innocent little boy here, but I want you to recognize that Jacob knew right from wrong, and he knew that this was not the right thing to do. Albeit, yes, he, he had been a deceiver before. He had deceived his brother in, in a way. But he knows that this is not right. And more so, maybe he recognizes the the consequences, the possible consequences of deceiving his father. In verse 11, Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse on myself, and not a blessing. He recognizes the possibility that this may not go as planned, that something might happen, something uh, not intended that would cause this plan to be skewed in, into becoming a curse rather than a blessing. In verse 13, we read that his mother said, said to him, <clears throat> excuse me, let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go get them for me. And he went and got them and brought them to his mother and his mother made savory food such as his father loved. So it's almost like Rebecca is taking credit. Uh, in the event that this does go the wrong way, Rebecca, I'm sure, as Isaac had, had lived a long, useful life up to that point, she was ready to take on that curse upon herself. Now, If it did become a curse, would that have actually happened? Um, uh, Would would that be what God did to deal with that or or what Isaac did to deal with that? I I don't know. But we don't really need to play the the what-if game either. But either way, she kind of eases that fear within Jacob by taking on the punishment of a potential curse if that were to be the case. Jacob 
I do want you to understand, too, that Jacob, he leans on the influence of his mother. We talked uh, a whole lesson last week about influence and, and the importance of influence. I, I had a lot of great influences in my life, no doubt. And, and I know that, that you've had some great influences in your life as well. Some great examples, some people that have gone before you, that have done the right thing, that have lived a righteous life, that have set a good example for you. I often say that even members of the church, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be an elder you don't even have to be really a leader in, in the sense of, uh, of someone, uh, maybe a formal leader within the church to be an influence in someone's life. We are greatly influenced, for instance, by our parents, even by our grandparents, by, by those that raise us. There's a great influence in their lives, uh, in the way that they live, and how that impacts the life that we live. There is great influence there. Now, that influence can be good. That influence can be bad. It can be positive. It can be negative. But nevertheless, parents have a great responsibility in raising their children, not just by word, but also by example. Children listen. Children observe. And as they become adults, a lot of times, whether we want to or not, we, we exhibit, we, we um, that's not really the word that I'm looking for, um, we manifest. We show the example of our parents. I can't tell you how many times my wife has said, you're just like your father. And there are many ways in which I am just like my father. And, and it is very well recognized in my family. And I notice to a great deal how much my father is like his father. There's a great deal of influence there. And let's not forget who the favorites are. Isaac favors Esau. They have a lot of things in common, whereas Rebekah favors Jacob. They have a lot in common. Now, as all of this comes together, Jacob is influenced by Rebekah to a great deal. And when she tells him to do the wrong thing, that he knows better. He does it. Why? Because he's influenced by his mother. In the negative, he knew better, but he was influenced by his mother. We can't downplay, or we, we need not downplay the influence of parents, whether good or bad. And it really gives us an eye opener in a sense. For those of you that are parents, it's an eye-opener to realize 
how much you influence the life of your child, whether it be for the good or for the bad. And we have a great responsibility to God, to ourselves, to our children, to make sure that we raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So let, let's not forget all of those things. Let, let's remember the influence uh, of Jacob's mother, Rebekah. Now, be it that he deceived Isaac, we see that, that Jacob receives the greater blessing. And it cannot be taken away, even when Esau comes up and, and reveals to his father that, that this blessing has been given to the wrong son. Jacob can't take it back. The blessing has been given it is Jacob's, or, or Isaac can't take it back from Jacob. And so it is given, it, it's done. It's over and done with, and there is no going back. That causes a great deal of animosity between Jacob and Esau, more so than there had been before. Uh, there was some animosity, I'm sure, when, when Jacob got the birthright from Esau. Uh, the greater representation, uh, the the because uh, it wasn't really a full blessing, uh, even in that sense that, that Jacob had had received this birthright, it didn't change the fact that his father was going to give the greater blessing to Esau. So the greater blessing goes to Jacob. It creates a great deal of problems between. He and his brother Esau. This is not the last time that Jacob is a deceiver. We also see that Jacob, not only did he deceive Esau, not only did he deceive his father Isaac, but later on he deceives Laban, his father-in-law, who had also deceived him in his marriage to his daughters. And it's almost... Uh, are you tempted to think in your mind that maybe Jacob deserved a little bit of the deceit that Laban uh, it, it gave him? The, the way that, that, that he was deceived, he kind of deserved it a little bit. It's hard not to think that way. Uh, but we know that, that, that the major deceit between Laban and Jacob is that Laban gives him the, the oldest daughter, Leah, instead of Rachel, the one that he thought he was working for for seven years. Now, Laban does eventually give him Rachel. That creates a great deal of problems in his life also because then we have the same kind of scenario that you have with Isaac and Rebekah and Jacob and Esau and the, the favoritism that they have toward those particular children, Isaac to Esau and, and Rebekah to Jacob. Well, Jacob also favors Rachel over Leah. And so we see this theme going about his life. Um, but, but as we're running out of time here, uh, I just want you to, to realize going, uh, at least looking at the lesson thus far, the, how that deceit came about in Jacob's life and recognize that, that maybe we can be deceiving or we can be uh, deceitful. In that same way, maybe it is that we're the ones that are deceived. 
we need to make sure that that we live the right kind of life and and that we follow the good influence of those before us, whether it be parents, grandparents, whoever. We need to make sure that we pay more attention to the good influences rather than the bad. Jacob gave in to peer pressure. He came from his mother, but he gave in to peer pressure, and certainly that was the wrong thing to do. We're going to pick up with Genesis chapter 32 uh, next week, Lord willing. I I thank you for being with me today, and and I hope to be back with you again next week. Um, But uh, uh, I do hope that you have a great week. I I hope that, that your day is blessed going forward and that God continues to bless you throughout. And I hope to to again be back with you next Tuesday at 11 a.m. And I'll look forward to that opportunity. May the good Lord, good Lord bless you.